Sharper Pack here with our latest Violet Sessions and we have a very special guest today, Nadine Levy-Redzepi. She is a home cook and author of the new cookbook, Downtime, about the ritual of cooking for her family and basically whoever else may drop in, usually a famous chef. She says, if you are at ease, everyone else will be too. She reminds us that cooking for family and friends should not feel like work and that it can be laid back and enjoyable. Sounds good to me. Self-taught from watching cookery shows as a child and taking meticulous notes, Nadine now draws on her instincts more than any recipes. Um, so hi, Nadine. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to have you here. It's nice to be here. All the way in East London. <laughs> um, so your book is about cooking for family. Let's just talk about your book right away because I think okay. that's, it's new and it's out and you're promoting it and, um, and I've just been reading it all day and I love it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> but... Um, which for me um, is really appealing at the moment because I have a two-year-old. And when I, when I first started giving her solid food, I was really smug because she basically ate everything. And I was like, oh, you know, people say their kids are fussy and that's like <laughs> totally them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now that she's just, um, she'll be two in a month and she's really exhibiting a love of, pasta and toast. (laughs) So I just wondered if you could talk about that at all, because I know in your book you say that you don't like to cook two meals. You like to cook one meal and have everybody eating that meal. And I really agree with you, but I'm struggling a little (laughs) bit. And I just wondered if you could talk about um, cooking for three daughters a little bit. I mean, (laughs) so I'm always thinking about them when I'm thinking about what I'm going to cook, but also what do I want to eat? And I don't want to eat pasta just with butter or olive oil and bacon on the side. And (laughs) they would be very happy, I'm sure, if they could have that on most days. But I don't want to eat that. So kind of try to make sure that when they come home from school and from kindergarten that they don't actually eat anything. Maybe they can have half an apple because I want them to be hungry when we sit down and eat because they're more likely to actually eat. And when they want to be in the kitchen they're always very welcome this is also a way that I think they become more open to eating like our three-year-old from she was all of them actually from they've been very small Mm -hmm. from sitting in like a baby chair on top of the kitchen counter like just being a part of it did you have a bumbo no we had a a Danish chair I'm sure it was much more stylish oh yeah I know yeah (laughs) but um they've always been there that chair is always full of food and really gross and like completely faded because it's been washed so many times because it gets so dirty yeah but i think i think trying to include them and letting them see the different processes helps having them hungry and having them know that no he can't have anything after dinner if you don't eat yeah even when they're two were you on that kind of of that or mm, well i feel like when there were two they were still pretty open about eating mm-hmm. everything I think I feel like with my kids at least it was when they started kindergarten that they started to become a little picky with other kids around yes. maybe and seeing what they were eating exactly well this is funny because she's just started nursery and this is the first time that she's ever had any problems with yeah. that yeah no, I think they definitely see that from other kids yeah but uh no I think you know if you had a child that was one or something obviously you can't say well you can't have any food <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. I'm not <laughs> Not advocating I'm not saying that. that. Gosh, but, uh, so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Um, that sounds good to me. 
Um, uh, so I asked you, uh, we spoke earlier today just briefly, and I, asked, I gave you a little bit of homework. I don't know if you've had any time in your busy schedule to do it, but I was curious um, uh, if you had a dish that, uh, or two, or a menu that you feel like defines your approach to cooking, because I think I'm, I really love the way you talk about um, being a home cook as really just that you cook every single day and there's a ritual to this cooking every day and that it's not, um, you know, restauranty. but you obviously are very influenced by the restaurant world because you're married to one of the most famous chefs, you know, and you work in the restaurant, um, yeah. albeit in the office, but you, you know, you're around it all the time. So yes. I think it's really, um, I'd love to hear, um, like, what dishes you, you kind of go to or, and why? Well, uh, on days where I'm home a little earlier, I really like to cook anything that I can throw in the oven where it just takes care of itself. It means 10 minutes mm -hmm. of prep time for me and then it takes care of itself in the oven and gives me lots of time to be with the kids mm -hmm. instead, help them with homework or just just be with them or if they're not there even. I just have me time, which is amazing. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> um, I love the way anything that goes in the oven, how that fills the whole house with the smell that just feels very homey mm -hmm. somehow. When I don't have very much time, I am very prone to going for something that I can put in a frying pan because that means dinner will be on the table within 20 to 30 minutes from I start cooking. An omelet or something like that. It could be a fried piece of meat, yeah. fried fish, like anything you put in a frying pan, it's fast. Mm -hmm. so Sizzle I think it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of butter. Um, yeah, I love butter. Yes. You, have, you say that you have really good dairy in, um, in, in Denmark. Denmark, yeah. yeah. It's amazing, but it's actually the whole country. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, we're very lucky. Yeah, I feel like that that way about um, British dairy as well. I was really blown away when I moved here from California. It's so much better. Yeah, it's like the cream is cream. Yes, you know, it's, yeah, no, it's great here too. Yeah, it's really really good. Um, and does that? Um, I mean, you have a really extensive baking section in the back which I obviously was really excited about <laughs> and I'm sad to say I haven't baked anything yet because I've been um, in the process of moving but I really um, am drawn to this almond cake that you have where you bake it and then you take it out and you sandwich it with like more stuff in the middle and then you yep. bake it again <laughs> it sounds amazing yes what is that well so this actually came from a cake that my mother used to make when we lived in Portugal. We had a lot of almond trees and she always wanted to try and use everything that we had. So my brother and I loved this cake and we would sit on the stairs of the house and crack the almonds open with rocks and like we would suffer. We would be in so much pain. <laughs> yeah, that could be painful actually. Was, like, You're the not fingers careful. were always hurting. Like it always ha I can still like feel that pain. And my fingers, like, oh, um, But it was so worth it because she would make this cake. She, uh, she of course, doesn't remember exactly how Isn't she did it. Isn't it funny how that She goes. would just whip it up. That's yeah. what she did. Um, so I went through a longer process trying to recreate the cake. Like, I nailed the, this, like, almond paste, frangipan kind of thing that mm. goes in the cake. But I couldn't find a base for the cake that I really liked. And I was talking to Rocio, who was the pastry chef at Noma at the time. Mm -hmm. 
who gave me a recipe for this lemon oil pound cake. Oh, delicious. Um, so I, I stripped the cake down a little bit, or I stripped it down, kept it completely simple and with focus on the vanilla bean and like double cream, 50% fat. I was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I noticed that cream. it has that in there. Oh, so good. <laughs> so I tried it completely stripped down it was amazing and then i did it with the with the with the the almond paste the filling yes yeah so good yeah and so my mom used to cover the entire cake with the almond paste but i felt that it dried out quickly so if you don't eat it immediately it's kind of a shame it's kind of disappointing yes so that's where i got the idea to do it in the center so baking two cakes putting it in the middle, slapping the other cake on top it's of like it. It's like you, you, you take it out in the middle and you fill it with a filling yeah, that doesn't need to be cooked necessarily. But then by doing that, it kind of... Exactly. It, it kind of sucks into mm-hmm. to both the into cakes. Into one thing. Yes. It, it becomes... It amalgamates. It, it really sounds divine and I it's can't so wait <laughs> to cook it. <laughs> so that's really cool. So you, you really are kind of... Um, um, I mean... You also have this fantastic, um, what do you call it, um, begin with a potato yeah. um, <laughs> in the starter section of the, at the beginning of the book. And I, um, and I love like how creative it is because it, 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 they're simple recipes, but they're really fun. And I think, um, you know, you could be um, mistaken for someone who's just making, you know, sort of simple home cooking. But I think you really are, it's very creative. Um, and it's really interesting to see how you like come up with these ideas. Um, and I wonder if that's like, uh, if you've always been very crafty like that. I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think what starting on an idea may turn into something completely different or you're doing something, but while you're cooking this, you get three more ideas. I think it's, it's nice to have a good basis of things that you know how to do, and then you can build on that. And it's very easy to transform something that you know into something different mm-hmm. where whoever's going to eat it won't recognize anything from there. It doesn't feel, um, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel fussy or difficult, which is quite nice that that's the important <laughs> part yeah that's really I'm I'm quite lazy in the kitchen I mean like I love to cook but I I you know I want it to be I want it to be easy pretty much yeah, I, I mean, mean sometimes you like more but not too not too much no I mean you want it to be something that you can actually do and you know you don't want to be this person who's in the kitchen for four hours and then oh suddenly took me half an hour yeah you know, want it to take half an hour that's it yeah Exactly. I mean, you talk about entertaining a lot in your in your book too, which yes. I which I really like, and um, how people, you know, you obviously you're cooking for your kids, and I know your mom lives with you guys yes. too, <laughs> um, and then but there's often people visiting, and they drop in, pop in, and and you know I like the way you said you just cut the meat a little bit thinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're you're ready for that. Well, there's always space for one or two more people. Mm. You can always make that work and. I always have a lot of a well-stocked fridge and a well-stocked pantry because there's a lot of people that come through our house, so you can always make something quick to to add a little more. Mm. And several dishes in the book, like I, I came up with those because we were in a situation like that. It's good. It's a challenge in a fun way, and in a fun way. I like when we yeah. have people over for dinner that. You know, get them to chop something, like make them a part of the cooking. So it's not me being like this 
you know, perfect hostess and you just sit down at the table while mm. I'm like in the kitchen pissed off that I'm there all <laughs> alone. And they're just sitting there waiting, you know. So come on, grab a knife, get going. Yeah. It becomes a collective thing to get dinner on the table. It's nice. Word to that. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then while we're still talking about food and, um, and the recipes, you also talk about salt and pepper. And I wish, I, I, w- I wonder if you would um, share your thoughts on salt and pepper <laughs> with our audience. <laughs> so, I mean, I grew up with salt and pepper being, you know, you don't do one without the other, mm. unless you're baking sweet things, of course. But they just always went together. And one of the things that I guess one of the first things that Renee really made me think about when we met, because they didn't use pepper at Noma at all at the time, or they still don't, but was just thinking about how much flavor pepper actually has and doesn't necessarily go with everything. Mm-hmm. And I could just totally see that. So I cut pepper out, not completely out, but still love it on eggs or on steak, or pasta. But not all pasta dishes, but on some of them, it makes the entire dish. And Cacio e pepe. Yes. Very, <laughs> very important. <laughs> but I, it's funny to see, like, with my kids. I like to put it on the table. I like to observe whoever is, like, having dinner Ooh, at our house, too. Like, if you put a nice olive oil on the table, <laughs> salt, pe- it's fun to see how people actually season their food. And, like, my mom, still, after all these years, and having like told her how annoying it is so many times now she'll know she uh, she she knows already <laughs> but she's the type of person that just puts salt on her food before, before she tastes it. it oh my god i die but but you know, she's so <laughs> used to she's it's a habit and i guess she's used to lots of salt and it's mm. like what what if i actually oversalted it this time like, what, are, what are you gonna do <laughs> i love it but it's encouraging people to taste and to yeah and you it, know yeah, I think it's fun to see, mm. like, my own children, like, the two oldest ones, how if we have steak, they put pepper on it. If But anything else, they don't But they, they know that that, that that will enhance it. Yes, they like it mm. on steak. So cool. Cool kids. <laughs> um, so you um, you mentioned your husband, Rene Redzepe, who um, is co-founder of uh, Noma in yes. Copenhagen. I, w- I, very, I had a very wonderful meal there a few years ago. Um, thank you, Alan Jenkins, for getting me the reservation. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we I might have booked that in for you. I know. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, we went for lunch and we had um, a sort of, it was a, do you know April Bloomfield um, yes. in New York? Yeah. So it was April and me and Stevie Parle and Joseph Trefelli. And we had this like fantastic kind of four-hour um, lunch um, rolling into the evening. Oh, <laughs> yeah, amazing. It was so amazing. I had such a fantastic experience there. I felt so lucky um, to have gone there. And I understand that you, I mean, I think we have to tell the listeners about how you ended up there and the sort of um, love story behind that because it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, so I was, I had just quit my job at a coffee shop because uh, I was, getting to the end of school and I needed to focus on my exams and I had just come home after buying a pair of jeans that I could not afford and <laughs> I was literally standing with the bag on my bed looking at them thinking should I exchange these like was that stupid 
when my phone rings and I have some Swedish guy ranting on the phone, like, no man. I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> about me coming to this restaurant to work tonight. I've never heard of this place called Noma. Like, how does this guy have my number? While I was talking to him, I could hear like the, like the phone knock. I mean, this is a while ago, so. And I could see it was one of my oldest friends calling me. And I remember that she said she had worked at this place called Mona. So I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> that's something to do with her. So, you know, I, I, I don't know why. I, maybe, I think the genes actually did it, you know. I was like, okay, I, ne- I, I can't say no to this. I should go and work there, even though I really don't want to right now. But so I hang up, and then my friend gets through to me, and she's like, oh, you know the place, Mona, that I worked at? There's another restaurant there. Someone's sick. They called me, but I'm at my other job. Can you go? I was like, well, I already said yes. She's like, they called you already? <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I went there, and I remember as soon as I got there, First of all, I actually walked down the street and turned around because it looked like it was some private area. So I was like, it can't be here. So I just turned yeah, around I, again. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. So like, I tried to call her. I was like, are you sure I'm supposed to go into that area that looks restricted? <laughs> <laughs> so I get there. I remember I got nervous, like when I reached for the door. And it just felt weird I didn't I wasn't sure I was going to fit in or belong there yeah like my finest dining experience besides like the wonderful meals in the garden in France was like 15 maybe 20 euro menus in France Mm. so I go in there just immediately hit by all these like wonderful smells that were very unfamiliar yeah and I loved it and I was back the next day and <laughs> took as many shifts as I possibly could. And what did you love about it? What did you, um, I mean, obviously the, the food, but... There was an energy there yeah. that I had never seen mm-hmm. anywhere else. And even though the food was what it was, I didn't even know how to describe it at the time. But, but there was something so nice about how there were it wasn't fancy in that way, yeah. even though it was. There were no tablecloths on the yeah. tables. There's like the sheepskins. And yeah, it, it was very it was cozy. kind of raw in yeah. a way, which, mm. but still so elegant and so beautiful. So elegant. So, and so many nice people there. I couldn't get enough of it. So uh, this was at the end of May. So then I worked. Then I had to stop to actually focus on my exams. <laughs> Like, that was important. <laughs> um, I finished that, had a few more shifts, and then Noma closed down for the summer vacation. So I went to France. And then when I, I came back in mid-August, I called them. I was like, okay, I'm back. Like, take as many shifts as possible. So went, was working. And uh, then there was a staff party going to a very fancy restaurant on the 25th of September and I was so honored that they asked me to come Aww. like because it's so expensive yeah. to go there and <laughs> it's like oh my god um and I had like it's so cool they do that they take everyone yes they? yeah yeah amazing everyone got to go and uh mm. you know that first day when Pontus who was the restaurant manager at the time he showed me around the front of house and the kitchen was a little more separated at the time than it is now where it's kind of just one thing that yeah. melts together I know for sure he pointed Renee out to me at one point but <laughs> before the staff party I was uh I came back from summer vacation yeah they asked me to get linens 
And I was like, where, where is that? I can do that, but where is it? <laughs> One of the chefs with dark hair had said, I'm going up there anyway. I can show you where it is. So I was in the elevator with Renee. And I didn't know what to say. It was quiet. And I was like, so uh, how long have you been here? <laughs> it's just like what, it was a good opener with everyone else. Of course, yeah. And he looked at me. He was like, you're kidding, right? I was like, no. He was like, well, from the beginning. Oh, cool. It's like, you know, it's my place, right? I, I mean, I do, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> so fast forward to the staff party. We, he threw a piece of bread at me while we were at the restaurant. And, that's uh, like, that, child, that like, was, that's like yes. school, school behavior. Well, I thought, <laughs> still I, works. Thought, I thought it was very, very charming. Someone who was like so serious <laughs> and in this position that he still had this very childish yeah. side to him. Still that's one lovely. of my favorite things about him. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that story. But then I, there's a little more to it, too, that I, I heard that actually what did it for him anyway was that you... Um, <laughs> cooked him some chicken liver yes. which is always the way to a man's heart I think <laughs> maybe I don't know that was that's pretty awesome so and I think you also made these one of the recipes that's in here these little potato skins ah, or something that was later that was later okay that was later yeah well so I wanted to cook for Renee because I thought it would be a nice gesture to do so, so since brave. he spent so much time cooking for others <laughs> Um, so I thought about what I would cook and decided that I wasn't going to try and cook something with foams and be all restaurant-y because obviously Smart. he would be better at that than me. So I decided to cook something that I felt very confident making, something I had made a million times. Mm. So I decided to make this dish from my childhood that my mom had learned how to make uh, in Portugal, which was chicken livers. And I was pretty sure that he'd be pretty blown away by the fact that I would use chicken livers. Yeah, so he's not going to see that coming. <laughs> and he's a chef, so he better love it. Yeah. So <laughs> they always like They always awful, love right? awful. Always like they love it. Things. Totally. So very well played. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there. I was grocery shopping, a little behind schedule. I went over to the aisle that had the tinned tomatoes because that's what I used to make the dish. Of course. And when I reached for them, I was like, I, I can't can't buy this like what what if he thinks i'm an idiot because i buy like tin tomatoes so we have stressful. we haven't talked about this i don't know how it feels about it so I, was like, I decided i couldn't use them i could not bring that into his house so i went over i found some nice tomatoes i chopped them up and like the second i put them in the pan with the chicken livers and the spices that i had cooked perfectly i knew that I just ruined everything because I should obviously <laughs> have cooked the fresh tomatoes into a sauce before I put them in there, but I didn't. So I freaked out in the kitchen a little bit. Oh my God. And to like try and save it, I had to cook it down. And, you know, it just, it was not what it was supposed to be. And then I had to start off by serving this dish to him the way that I didn't want to by saying, you know, this is usually better. <laughs> so she, you're a perfectionist. Well, you know, when you <laughs> know what bit. stuff is supposed to taste like. It's fantastic. He so, must have loved that, too. Well, he did. He thought, yes. he thought it was nice. Yes. And uh, he did the trick anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Many years later and three gorgeous daughters. Yes. Um, fantastic. I love that story. It's so good. <laughs> um, and um, I, I do have a question. A lot of our listeners are really interested in the work-life balance. And I think... Um, I mean, I think having three children is, is a full-time job. 
and then you you just churned out this this book and so and I and I have a feeling that you're not going to stop and I think you're going to do more stuff so um I just wondered if you could speak a little bit about how you kind of manage all that and yeah how that is for you well I mean I'm very lucky my uh my mother lives with us she's not old and and like can't do anything she's actually a big help she's she's 62 and um Renee's mom lives a 20 minute walk away from our place so if I ever need her it's a phone call and Mm. she she will always drop everything she has in her hands and she's there so in that sense very very lucky supported by the family yeah so supported and don't really try to think about Renee ever being home if he's home it's a plus if he's not that's just what we're kind of you know that's what we start with that's the starting point uh, the daycare system, kindergarten, school, after school stuff in Denmark is amazing. Mm. So I get to go to work. I have time to do grocery shopping, pick the kids up on the bicycle, never stuck in traffic. We go home, we cook. And do you work full time at in the office yes. as well? You do? Yeah. Okay. But I don't, what's full time here? Uh, 40 hours, I yeah. guess. Okay. So we, have, yeah. we have 37. Thir- 37, okay. yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like from America where it's like, I don't know, 70? At least. <laughs> like, what? Vacation? <laughs> I don't know. We don't have that. <laughs> Maternity leave? What? No, uh, I think having this, this setup So basically we should all move to Copenhagen. Yeah, or like <laughs> have a really good relationship with one of the grandparents yeah. so they can help a lot. Because it's so nice. having, having them, and even though Renee is working so much, I don't have to be like angry by the fact that I can never go out or I can never do anything. You know, I'm very free. It's very flexible. And Renee can be at work and then come home at eight and be like, you know, I don't have to be there all night tonight. Let's go out for dinner and we can just go. It's, I mean, we're, we're so lucky. I don't know how we would do this without our mothers. Yeah. Well, you're also, but it's so great that you have that relationship with your mothers because I think that's fantastic. And I, I'm so sad because my mother lives 6,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> we stay with her if we go and we stay a month and uh, it's amazing. And then she comes here too. So, But it's, it's, that's such a wonderful thing to, to have. And yeah. um, I think you talk also just about kind of the part of the book was for you, like creating recipes to like pass on a new tradition to your, to your children. Yes. Yeah, that's whole, how the whole idea started when I was pregnant with our oldest daughter, Arwen, who's nine now, I started thinking about what type of mother do I want to be, thinking about my own childhood. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always missed in my childhood, or not always missed, but I, would, I wished that I had a collection of recipes from like a great-grandmother passed down to my grandmother. I loved the idea of this. And I just decided I'm, I'm going to start this. So good for you. Yeah. And yeah. then this is what it turned into. It's still for the girls, but you know, we can share our family recipes with everyone else. So too. you, you won't discourage them from becoming chefs or cooks? No, not at all. <laughs> okay, good. You know, so many people are like, I don't want my kids to be what I do, you know, like, especially in the restaurant world. I, yeah. I see a lot of people no, sort of as thinking long, <laughs> as long as, as long as it would make them happy, yeah. I think they should do whatever they want to. Oh, that's so lovely. Well, I, I think, um, 
that's kind of a good note to end on. <laughs> um, and I hope that when I'm next in um, Copenhagen, I can knock on your door and just drop in for <laughs> be one of the drop-ins. Do it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. And good luck with the book and the tour and all thank the you. things you're doing. And, and have a great dinner tonight with Anna Jones, who is going to be our next podcast. Oh, amazing. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.